If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. So I've woken up with a cough um, and I, Uh-oh. I'm going to do a test. If I've got COVID again within like two weeks of getting COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, Shoot. apologies to the listeners in advance. I am not going to cut out every time I cough unless I have a big <laughs> coughing fit. Nate is not here today because he has a cough, but one of us is dedicated to giving you a truly horrible audio experience. This is Electronic Wireless Show Plague Edition. Welcome, listener, to this season two, episode 36 of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of the Emplagued Alice Bell. And I'm joined today not by Nate, but also not by any of his characters. (laughs) But I am joined by, as you can hear, James Archer. Hello, James. Hello. How are you? I'm I'm okay, although I'm 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 feeling uh I'm feeling a bit left out almost uh maybe maybe a bit of imposter syndrome because I'm not I'm not you're packed not, at all currently. You're not cool enough to have a cough, mate. Well, evidently not. No, I <laughs> went to EGX for four days. Absolutely nothing. God, Bullshit. you must have the the constitution of an ox, the immune system of Superman. Well played. I, I, I think, I think it's just like um, Mr. Burns in The Simpsons in his Free Stooges syndrome, where like all the all the diseases are trying to get in it. Get in <laughs> um, but my like my pores and arteries are all clogged up with, you know, diet coke and <coughs> cholesterol. Oh, good. Well, that's nice. Well, it's not good, but <laughs> I could tie this into our theme. Though. I'm going to do an early segue because while you're at. EGX, obviously, you were surrounded by lots of video game fans. And today we're going to talk about some fan work video games. How's about that? Oh, that was sick. Come on. That was nice. <laughs> Fair play. See, we don't need Nate. Yeah, so this week, uh, Edwin on RPS, he highlighted, uh, who is our news editor, Edwin highlighted a a uh, game called Fraser Fantasy, which is a free in-browser RPG about being Fraser Crane uh, in his apartment, trying to get everyone out of the, the house so he can have a nice dinner with his new Mother of Pearl dinner set. And he's also missing the grape scissors, which Niles has, and is very good. <laughs> Did you play it, James? 
no, I have not played it. Um, but please, like, it, 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 pitch it to me. Uh, explain why I should play it. Because it's an RPG where you play Fraser Crane from the, the hit sitcom Fraser, and it it styles the opening title screen as the Final Fantasy title screen. So it does sort of off-centered skyline of Seattle, and then like a little blimp flies into the town. Um, it's very good, and you have to, like to get your dad to leave the apartment. You have to find three folios for it. You have to like do little quests. Um, it's really detailed. It's very good. We'll obviously link to it. In can you make, the... can you make, can you make a party with a? I didn't play enough, of it, but friends. I don't think so now. Oh. Um, but. Uh, it's yeah, it's designed to resemble a Game Boy Color game, uh, but apparently it is a Game Boy Color game, and it runs on the retro handheld analog pocket, so you can play it if you have one of those. Um, uh, yeah, along the way you'll have a staring contest with Eddie the dog. Uh, brackets. Eddie's gaze follows like Corbett's the desperate man, and use Freudian slaps and unkind assessments of Star Trek to get the better of your radio show's delusional TA. It's a very much one reference per line, scene or interaction. I won't spoil anymore. If you're big on Fraser, you'll likely love it. Uh, it's, I just, it's very sweet. I like it a lot. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's uh, stuff stuff like this shows just complete and utter devotion to the bit. Mm. Have you ever been that devoted to a bit in your life? Ab- absolutely not. No way. <laughs> okay. like, I mean, I, there there have been. I mean, there may have been times where I thought I was, but in comparison to the dedication required to make a video game, which, as we know, is something that is uh, a load of tedious programming bullshit. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I pales in comparison. Oh, mate, I tried to make a Twine game once. I gave up after about three hours. Awful. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Shout out to all the devs listening. Your heroes, each and every one. Uh, so I, I, I tried making uh, just like a, a maze game in uh, Game Maker 7 once. Um, and uh, <laughs> there, there was a bug where like all the enemies were just sometimes... Um, I, I had them like bouncing around inside the maze and you had to like uh-huh. dodge them. Um, they would sometimes bounce so fast. Um, <laughs> like they'd get they'd gain velocity until they just like flew off the screen. That's amazing. That's the best game ever. What are you talking about? Release it. Release the Archer Cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear you've never been that dedicated to anything. Uh, I sucks for your girlfriend when she listens to this episode. Of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, sorry, that would mean that your relationship is like a bit you're doing. It's a bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> just as a hilarious one. joke. <laughs> no. Um, there are some other sort of more high profile, I say high profile, um, some other fan work games I've enjoyed. There's the Kevin Costner's Waterworld one, which, <laughs> do you remember that one, James? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 from from The Simpsons. Yeah, so you, so you actually um, you actually play it with like Millhouse's hands on the screen, right? Like you, you do. It's great. Yeah. So it's a recreation of Millhouse playing the arcade 
um, cabinet game, Kevin Costner's Waterworld, and it's it's one hit die, and it's really difficult. <laughs> and you have to every time you die, you have to put in forty cores. <laughs> <laughs> Oh it's yeah, really a, oh there's a screenshot of the, the quarter putting in mm. uh mini game. Yeah, you don't in fairness, after the basically it maintains the joke for like the first couple of times you die, I think, and then after that it just lets you restart. But <laughs> it's it's very good. And it's all it's basically a rhythm game, it's about timing. You have to like step forward, stab, oh, step out of the way and stuff. It's good. Uh and I do recommend it. And again, yeah, huge dedication to the bit. It, but do you have a favourite Simpsons joke, James, that you reference all the time? Oh. Because uh... in my experience, everyone has sort of one or two that when they think of the Simpsons, that's their, their kind of go-to Simpsons bit. Oh, man. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of um, Not the Sky, That's Where Clouds Are Born. <laughs> but I don't have, I don't have many, but I don't have many opportunities to use it because I, I'm, I rarely see people threatening the sky. Well, pollution, I guess. I really like the episode with Hank Scorpio where they move yeah. and uh, Bart goes to school, and one of the kids in the class who gets put in, uh, <laughs> they all talk about why why they've been moved into that class. And one of them just goes, I start fires! <laughs> <laughs> Which obviously I cannot say. But I also really like, there's a joke in that that I've seen people debate about where Hank Scorpio turns up and he, th- he, throw- he was like, you don't like these shoes? Neither do I! Get the hell out of here! And then he throws the <laughs> shoes away. And then Homer go- <laughs> he goes, have you ever seen a, say goodbye- uh, seen a guy say goodbye to a shoe? And Homer goes, yes, once. I think when he says that, he is referring to the instance he has just seen <laughs> where Hank Scorpio has just said goodbye to his shoe, but other people think he has seen someone say goodbye to his oh, shoe that's before. That's a point of debate. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's mm. some brilliant radio for the <laughs> listeners out there. Actually, <laughs> Actually there, there's, a, there's a, a, a very quick uh, Bart one I like when I think someone, a teacher asks him, um, uh, it might be from the same episode, actually. Like a teacher asks him, "Do you know, um, like the multiplication table?" And he goes, "I know of them." Ah, uh, yeah. Which is something I say whenever, I, whenever someone, whenever someone asks me about something I have heard of but don't understand. And and the teacher also says, "Do you know cursive?" And he goes, "I know hell, damn." <laughs> <laughs> it's a great episode. Yeah, evidently. <laughs> People have said The Simpsons is good again, but I don't believe them. I'm not going back. <laughs> anyway, the uh, another one is uh, the Journey to the Centre of Hawkthorne game, which is another recreation of the game from a TV show, um, which is there's an episode of Community where Pierce Hawthorne, who is a, a rich guy played by Chevy Chase, uh, who has an awful dad, um, makes him... <laughs> Like, he dies, and to uh, get his inheritance, Pierce has to um, play a video game and win it, and if one of his friends wins it, uh, he <laughs> they get the inheritance. And okay. they like this recreation has done like quite a lot of the game, and it's kind of an 80s, it's 2D platforming, uh, you know, 
the whole thing and it's quite impressive like as a fan work i think it's not being updated anymore they stopped updating it a few years ago but that's worth checking out as well if you're a a um community fan although yeah. it is uh f- basically one big reference so it's probably not enjoyable if you're not a community fan yeah i i i i'm neither of those things well it's it's, it's all right i've seen some clips there you yeah, go. You, you, I, like, I like how on on the website they've got like all the all the sprites. Yeah, and yeah, some yeah. of these are some of these are really good. Like the <clears throat> the boss turkey. That's yes, some, I, that's some dope pixel art. I should say that uh, part of the framing for Pierce is Pierce's dad is extremely racist, so you have to fight some jive turkeys, um, and that that boss is the boss of the turkeys. <laughs> um, it's honestly a very good episode. You should watch Community James. It's very good. I, 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 I probably should. I know. It's one of those there, ones. Many, many, good. many TV shows that I, I should watch. But there's just like... When you, when, you, when you like stop and think about how much... I know. Like I how know. many hours you'd have to put in to watch a series that is like essentially started and finished without you... Um, you know, without you getting on it at any point, it's just like, oh my god, I can't do that. I really want to watch uh, Barry. Um, oh yeah, with uh, Bill Hader. Cause that 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 looks so good. And like I've seen clips, and is that like the what I've seen of it is absolutely hilarious. But when it when like it comes to sitting down and watching, it, I'm just like, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's, four, uh, it's, it's like four seasons, five seasons. It starts off. As more of a comedy, and then it becomes like a heartbreaking drama, basically, as it goes along. It's stealths yeah. becoming like <laughs> quite serious and really good. And Bill Hader directed a lot of it as well. Yeah. Um, it was very good. Uh, but that's why I don't understand when people say, like, oh, I couldn't retire, I'd be so bored. Just watching Netflix until your brain turns into cheese. <laughs> like, so many hours of entertainment. What are you talking about? Yeah, you could go for a walk sometimes, I guess. But like, just watching every TV show ever would fill up so many lives. <laughs> I I, I just watch YouTube videos about TV shows, so that's no. worse. I'm the worst well, sort of human. <laughs> well, I watch I watch Community in uh, I guess what forty five years maybe. And, yeah, uh, go for it. And uh, if this game is still being hosted somewhere, <laughs> then you'll get it. I give it a crap, yeah. Uh, one fan work that does not exist, but sort of everyone kind of willed that it would, is the Seinfeld point-and-click game. It's not happening, probably, but the gifts are very cool. It was <laughs> a point-and-click of Seinfeld, that's what it sounds like, but obviously Seinfeld is owned by a company, and the developers wanted to make this like an actual thing, so they were sort of crowdfunding to get the rights holder's attention so they could make an official Seinfeld video game, um, mm. which... I believe is not happening or likely to happen. <laughs> yeah. But looks very good and really fun. And sometimes it's just nice to see these gifts of stuff and be like, oh, what if, you know, yeah, Seinfeld was a video game. Yeah. It's, it's cute. I like it a lot. Uh, there's also a Twin Peaks fan game. I don't understand Twin Peaks. I've never watched any Twin Peaks. I've only got a vague grasp of what Twin Peaks is. And I know when I can... I can recognise when something is trying to be like Twin Peaksian, basically. 
Like I know when something's trying to have that vibe, but do you know what Twin Peaks is, James? I know I know enough about Twin Peaks to know that it is like good game fodder because it's just so odd, um, and and can therefore go into weird places and you know take take advantage of the, um, I don't know, I don't I don't know how to put this. Take take advantage of like the physical like reality warping stuff that you can do in games which is like extremely difficult to do in live action that's a good point but. that's a good point but i thought i would have thought it would my understanding of it is that it gets so strange it will turn out like one of those weird 90s point and click adventures where it's just like you use statue on sugar and, and like it makes no sense <laughs> and it's you know partially live action that kind of thing i don't know but i really like fan works are there is there any other fan work stuff that you like james because i know there's um, lots of um remaster and unofficial things like that actually for, t- speaking about the simpsons room this reminded me that someone actually made um lee carvello's putting challenge did they it's on ah! itch yeah um by a uh where are the, where are the credits on this uh by aaron demeter that's uh, <laughs> uh and yeah it's it's 12, 12 megabytes so it's not not a big download and yeah do you 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 can put in it <laughs> is it as just coached by Lee Carvalho. and it's just putting uh, well it is a putting challenge i sorry you're right yeah that's presumably great. presumably you can um select a free word and do a power drive like in the show, I well, one would hope. Yeah, you know, I yeah, I, Alice O actually is. Um, hopefully, by the time you read this, the first one will be up. But Alice O has been watching every terrible police procedural show ever conceived <laughs> by man because she's doing a series of articles on like video games within television shows. Um, and not from the point of view to be like, "Huh, these games are terrible," but to just be like, "What are these?" What do these games do? What are they saying? Would they be any good? And some of them are super weird. Um, but she's been going through. We've just basically for the last two weeks just been getting out of context clips and screenshots of <laughs> <Yeah>. like Law <laughs> and Order SVU. <laughs> my 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 favorite was um, I I can't I can't remember which show it was, but the in it like the 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 cop the cop catches burst in. And there's this like decrepit couple playing, playing this like apparently multiplayer game, but it's just, and they're they're, they're doing like the the how to play games on TV thing where they're like shuffling around in their seats and like bashing forty buttons every three seconds, and then just on just on the screen is this like awful looking Second Life type thing, where there's just like two people stood stationary on top of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them's like, yeah, yeah, go get him, no, go, go for the left, and they're just, but on the screen they just stood there. And then oh when God. they get carried, when they get, I'm, I'm just spoiling Alice's articles now, but when when they get carried off by the police, it cuts back to the TV, and there's this like horribly modelled child who falls off the cliff, <laughs> like, mom, no. <laughs> it's very good. So you're yeah. saying so you're saying that these are like good fodder for real life fan games. I would love it if someone made 
any of the games featured in like uh, Law and Order SVU or just any of this stuff. There's an episode of, I think it's Medium or one of the Ghost Whisperer maybe, where her ghost powers mean she gets sucked into the game. It's great. <laughs> Amazing stuff. And I love as well, the this is a tangent, but I love when these games try to conceive the kind of culture around video games and how you know gamers talk to each other because always yeah. very how do you do fellow kids <laughs> she's a gamer um gamer. stuff like that at the elementary which is the uh johnny lee miller sherlock adaptation with lucy lewis watson has anonymous in it but they they sort of are called something else i can't remember but they they mm. do kind of capture that quite well like to get their help they make yeah, you know, Sherlock has to like film himself putting a shoe on his head and all this kind of stuff. So that's kind of closer to the reality of the internet. But yeah, yeah look out for Alice's series. I think it's going to be really good. Um, if you were going to make a fan game, like a fan work, James, what would you yeah. make it of? Well, so what I've noticed with a lot of these fan games is they tend to be they're they're based on like shows or films for adults that are then fired through a more like childish prism of uh-huh. like like si- like silly silly gamey stuff um i like to do i like to try something in the opposite direction where you take a show for children and then make it into a more i don't know grown up like maybe i don't know i don't i don't want to sound like oh i'm so i'm so i'm so like fucked up and weird <laughs> um but I don't yeah. know, maybe some, maybe something like a, like a Drake and Josh psychological oh! horror game. Oh! <laughs> just, just take take all the take all like the innocent, take the innocence of childhood, and uh, put it through a, the game mill, until it resembles something I don't know. Yeah, un- unnerving good. and horrible. That's like there's a um really good SpongeBob SquarePants webcomic about um Patrick taking revenge on and eating everyone because there's a Patrick clone that is kept in the back of the um Mr. Krabs burger and, and like the Krabby yeah. Patties are all like thin slices of of a starfish's arms and it's a Patrick clone. It's good. <laughs> it's really good. It's really horrible. Um, that's a great one. Would you would are you sort of thinking like? Nickelodeon Cartoon Network kind of side of things. Uh yeah, yeah. Um actually, oh god, you just reminded me that I I have played um a, a quite fucked up SpongeBob fan game. Um Have you? I'm I'm trying to I'm I oh god, I can't remember the name of it, but um yeah, you you basically play as uh I believe like a meth addicted SpongeBob. And your goal is you you explore Bikini Bottom, doing jobs for people who in turn give you meth. Sure, yeah. And um, it en- it ends with like a boss fight against Plankton, and there's and it ends on like a coin flip. And if the if the coin if like you win the coin flip, then you uh-huh. complete the game. But if you if you lose the coin flip, then the game crashes. Oh my god! To, and you have to. It, it's it's like it's it's terrible and like sap sap dash in that way. But the, that's great. The, the reason I remember it so vividly is because um, I I first played it uh, during um, 
I attempted to do a 24 hour like gaming live stream. Uh, oh, what? On my, what for? On my, uh, it was it was on my 30th birthday, and this was like during COVID, like the first COVID lockdown. Oh, um, so okay. I thought I'll 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 do something like I I can't see anyone, but I'll try and do like something constructive with my time. So I, I I did like a yeah like charity live stream um, where I just played a bunch of games for I I. I did it about. I made about twenty-one hours, and then my body like collapsed, so I had to give up. But um, yes, so I remember. I remember playing the SpongeBob game um, at about one in the morning, uh-huh. having. And the, <laughs> the this is, it sounds so stupid, like talking about, but something I thought it would be fun to do would be like stretch goals for the amount of money sure. I raised. Yeah. And I I said for one of them like oh if we get like. 500 pounds or something then um i'll eat a i'll eat a scotch bonnet pepper why um, which, <laughs> which we which which we did and then uh, so i had to eat the scotch bonnet pepper and um how, how was it was hot <laughs> <laughs> sure um, yeah and, cool but then to but then to to, to soothe my tongue during that i drank like a pint and a half of milk very very quickly which does, then, yeah. which then produced its own problems <laughs> because I don't. <laughs> the, the human body, it turns out, is not meant to drink that much milk that quickly. Uh-huh. So I was playing. So I, <laughs> I was playing this like intentionally fucked up SpongeBob fan game at like yeah. one in the morning with a burning tongue and like milk sickness. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like not like barely being able to sit up because. That- just the That's the combination so good. the combination of the physical stress and like the visual um like the very <laughs> the very awful visual stimulation I was seeing on my screen was just oh it's too much. It was too much. <laughs> you it sounded like oh, you were diagnosed by an apothecary in the Middle Ages who were like, He's got the burning tongue and the milk sickness, my lord. <laughs> this child won't last the night. Give him the SpongeBob fan game therapy. Give him the sponge. <laughs> oh God, I could do with some kind of remedy right now. Uh, I have never experienced a fan game quite so terrifying. I do like all the remasters that are being done, particularly with like EA Star Wars games, but um, uh, and I like those sort of collective projects, like um, you know, Morrowind and Skyrim and stuff that people do. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I think I would make I don't know I like I would say I'd love to make one of the terrible police procedural games um shows into a game but most of them already are and they're terrible they're really bad <laughs> games um I was playing actually after work yesterday I played um Cartoon Network's Cartoon Cartoon Summer Resort which was a four part flash game from like 25 years ago or something from yeah. like 2000 and I, it was uh, a little flash game about all the characters from like Cartoon Network cartoons going on holiday together and you had to go around and collect stuff it was just like you know like cow from cow and chicken wanted a cat <laughs> so you had to go get a cat from you know someone out courage the cowardly dog was hiding somewhere and he'd tell you that like there was a key behind um, Johnny Bravo's hut. It was just like walking around 
really loud music. It was great, though. I played it so much at school because we'd spend every break trying to get to the end of the first episode because obviously it didn't save. So every time you closed the browser, that was it. <laughs> Just playing the it, first. But it's not. It's not called again. Cartoon. It's not called Cartoon Network Beach Resort. It's called Cartoon Cartoon. Yeah, it's weird. I think it's from when <laughs> from when Cartoon Network had a separate branding bit. Very weird. Uh, it's great though. I will link because you can still play it in some Flash Archival site. So I'll find a link if anyone wants to listen to extremely repetitive Tropicana adjacent music <laughs> for forty minutes. Um, it love it. Um, so I was trying to think what would I make a a fan work of. Um, and I think I I'm gonna be a loser and say uh a book and I think Stuart Turton, because he used to work uh in video games journalism briefly, Stu yeah. Turton's books translate quite well to being quite gamey and he's done one that's a bit like the sexy brutale called The Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. And every time you die, you then inhabit a different character. Every time you die or go unconscious, okay. you inhabit a different character in this murder mystery mansion and have to try and achieve different things. Okay. I think that would be a banging video game. So it's like a, it that. could be like a it's like a it could be like a point and click crossed with uh, Watch Dogs Legion. <clears throat> Indeed, yeah. Who wouldn't <laughs> want to play that? <laughs> it's a license to print money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speak, speaking also... of, speaking of licenses, like that's. I guess that's the the big barrier, right? It's like yeah, yeah. What do you no, think? Sure. It, because uh, do you know, we it's sort of adjacent to stuff we talked about before. Where, like you know, the guy who did made fables um, just has declared that fables is is open license <laughs> now, so you can make you know Wolf Among Us game. I haven't checked in on the legalities of that, but um, do you think fans should just be allowed to do whatever as long as they're not monetizing it? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Me too. Like, li- I think. Lit- Obviously, literally, a- literally. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Is I suppose it? the would be like you might get some horrible pornography games with like you know disgusting uh, stuff going yeah, on. I, I, I suppose guess... like Fox wouldn't like you know Lisa Simpson spewing racist diatribes in a fan work kind of thing. But uh, generally, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um. Actually, do, do you know um? Do you know the Toho games, the Toho project? No. So this is a um. This is a series of uh, shmup games um, made by uh one a, a single Japanese guy uh, who goes by Zun, and they are like they're. I don't know if they're like incredibly popular sales wise, but like culturally, they're super popular in terms of they spawn an absolute ton of like fan art and like fan music <coughs> remixes and you know fan games as well um uh-huh. and there and basically you're like anyone is allowed to make like fan like fan made toho stuff and sometimes even sell it there's just um like guidelines uh oh, which that's are kind cool. of so like you can't um you need you need to like make it clear that your like your toho fan work is a fan work um, you can't you can't make anything that would quote means to harm Toho Project's reputation, uh, or anything that I guess like simultaneously infringes on another intellectual property. 
So I get I so I guess you okay, can't make like yeah. a, a fan game where yeah has like Toho characters <laughs> punching I don't know Fraser. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that so that's, that's I think that's super cool. Um, you just have like some some rules or guidelines saying like don't be a knob basically, but then if you as long as you like stick to those, then you can you can make whatever and you know even sell whatever as long as it's not like like I... causing material or i guess moral <laughs> moral harm <laughs> to uh to, I, to the parent i think that's pretty cool yeah i'm okay yeah that's good do that everyone yeah that's great um let's move on to talk about games that don't exist and talk about games that do and that we've been <laughs> playing this week <laughs> So I'm not going to say I've played Cities Skylines 2. Um, I have spent time within Cities Skylines 2 with infinite money and all the buildings unlocked. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Basically, so I just whacked down a big enough town in as little time as possible that I could then use for benchmarking purposes. Um, just, you know, oh, yeah. get, all the, get all the essentials in, you know. So it has a school, it has a sewage works, it has a prison... They're all next to each other, and they're all running off a single electricity cable, but they are there. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, critique City Skylines <laughs> too because I, I'm not, I am playing it incorrectly. Um, I have like been you're a great man. <laughs> I, I have been trying to more thoroughly play 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 um, Alan Wake Two, which Ooh. should be freshly unembargoed by the time this episode goes out. Uh, it's quite good. I respect the fact that they're going more survival horror, sometimes psychological horror, with this one. When yeah, Catherine said that as well. Horror is much more of a hard sell than just making it action adventure like the first one. Um, yeah. It's usually more eerie than scary, but I have been successfully spooked on at least a couple of occasions. Mm. E and even when I haven't, it's still like very, very atmospheric and successful in creating that mood so you know respect to that what i don't think works or at least doesn't work for me is the detective aspect so okay both both the playable characters you you switch between alan wake and who's now a disheveled like jared leto impersonator and uh this fbi agent lady uh both of both of them have mind palaces which you can love en- that. Which you, love which mind you, you can en- you can enter like at any time, um, mm-hmm. and it takes the form of an actual room that you walk around in, like it's a proper three D space. And in these mind palaces are like evidence boards where you, or like chalkboards where you pit where you create these like flow charts and string charts made up of bits of evidence, or in Alan's case, little, little written story fragments. Um, and then you, you like yeah you turn those into a chart, and then that's kind of like what advances advances the game, like because you have uh-huh. to pe- you know piecing stuff together. Um, but I don't really see the point of it because the evidence that you have to go in and manually pin to these boards are basically just little recaps of things that you've already seen and experienced firsthand, and any developments or like revelations from those moments are already quite clear and apparent when you pick them up so like when 
when you're playing as Saga, who's the FBI agent, you keep finding pages of a manuscript written by Alan Wake that's narrating what's happening to you. And it's like, whoa, spooky. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the first game, yeah. And in one bit early on, you need to track down basically an escaped zombie. Uh, this big old undead lad who's attacked you and then wandered off. And in the same room where he vanishes, you find one of these manuscript pages and you pick it up and it has Alan Wake narrate something to the effect of the zombie went to the lake. So you're like, okay, I need to go to the lake. But to actually advance the game and even unlock the doors to the room that you are in, you need, <laughs> oh, to, enter, you need, you need to enter the mind palace and then manually pin this note which says he went to the lake, upon which Saga will monologue, my god, he went to the lake. Oh my so the god. Whole, so the whole thing is less like detective work and more like, I don't know, a report. It's like, what, oh, what, that... I, what I did during my summer, I chased a zombie to the lake. Oh, <laughs> I, like, that feels like, do you know that clip that was going around from um, the latest Zelda? Tears of the Kingdom, and it was like contrasting someone solving one of the puzzles by like building a machine to sweep all of these weighted balls into the other side of the chamber with this f- fucking idiot YouTuber yes, who was I, like, This I, I is know. so stupid. And I he know picked exactly up the balls one by one. <laughs> this feels like like stuff like that is a concession to that sort of gamer. Like <laughs> I'm sorry. But fucking pay attention to the thing in front of you. <laughs> like, I know we all have destroyed our attention spans from video games, but you should be able to intuit that you're supposed to go to the lake if you're directly told that you should go to the lake without having to do a little mini game that then reinforces the lake thing, gives you a little lake marker. <laughs> Like if if yeah. you if 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 anyone plays that bit of the game, and they couldn't figure out to go to the lake, and then they spent the rest of the game running around for like hours, being like, I don't know where I have to go next. That's their fucking fault. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you, you'd be stuck in the room. You, you're literally stuck in the room. In this particular instance, you are trapped in a tiny room. No, until, I mean they should just give. They should, you can figure they should it give out. you that bit of paper, and like. I just unlock the doors and then and then she can say to herself okay you know because even like like they narrate video game characters narrate what they do all the time now so she probably yeah. would say you know okay i guess you need to go to the lake and if you don't then go to the lake that's on you <laughs> don't uh... don't fucking baby <laughs> players because it just crushes everything into the sort of lowest denominator soup of mediocrity the triple a <laughs> games are becoming no. give us some fucking credit <laughs> well I, I i'm obviously not that into this particular mechanic but i am interested in playing more alan wake 2 um because it, it does have a strong atmosphere and good mystery vibes the like the actual meat of the like survival horror stuff is good it's quite like Resi 2 remake, Resi 3 remake-ish. Um Okay, okay. And it and it shares a <laughs> it shares a <laughs> remedy gamematic universe with control, which is low-key one of my favorite games. Uh, I love so, yeah, control. I, Control's very good, yeah. Yeah, so I I'm keen to play more. Also, um Catherine, 
who has also been playing it, found in-game a tray of like crisps and breadsticks that are surprisingly similar in packaging designs to the ones that Tesco sell here in the UK. We, yeah. And this, we're this currently tray... doing an investigation, are we not? <laughs> yeah, because this this tray of snacks is found inside like a nightmare version of New York in a game made by a Finnish development studio. So we're not sure where the Tesco link came from. That's a that's a fun little side mystery that, that we're keeping an eye on. Maybe they have what... Tesco in Finland. I don't know. Maybe actually. Well, it's a, that'll, it's that'll a... be a, that'll be a disappointingly mundane. <laughs> <laughs> resolution <laughs> <laughs> well so, so someone's put up the uh they might have they might have tesco in finland sticker on their pinboard yeah in my went into my little mind palace there <laughs> oh god it must take so long imagine if to to have thoughts you had to walk around an imaginary room in your head for three minutes at a time and people around you just had to watch you fucking go offline for three minutes at a time, and then you were uh, <laughs> you you were like, "Oh, he's gone to the lake." <laughs> Jesus, be the worst FBI agent of all time. Um, I've been playing a game that is all is already out. As you listen to this, I've been playing The Lord of the Rings: uh, Return to Moria. Ooh, how is, is it? It's sweet. It's really sweet. It's endearing. Aww. It's it's Aww, like really? yeah, because it's. Do you know, it's it's janky, but not in like an irreparably broken way, just in quite a a nice way. Do you know, <laughs> like okay, it's quite um, it's slower paced and more sort of methodical and weighty um, than you know your Valheims or even your Arcs stuff. You know, like that. It's very like you know dwarfs like mining and they like food, and you have to yeah. So it's, it's, it is like a like a survival game. It's not a yes. go into a cave and kill a million orcs. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's yeah. set after the trilogy, and a, a white bearded old Gimli has decided, you know what, we're taking back Moria, our ancestral homeland, and um, the door is blocked. So he tries to like blow it open, and that causes a rock fall, and that ends with you being trapped in Moria um, with friends. You could play it offline, but um, I would. Say so co-op is recommended because it's just it's very slow going when you're on your own, um, and you build you know you go deeper into the mines you're trying to find a way out and there's some there's goblins around bitching about how they hate orcs <laughs> it's pretty funny, <laughs> um, and it's you're obviously underground and in the dark a lot of the time there's a there's a day and night cycle because there are skylights and things, but um, it is dark a lot of the time and there are you know. At night, orcs and monsters and stuff come, and you're supposed to build little camps basically to make yourself safe. And you know, you build food tables, and then you can make stew, and you can, you know, have nice meat and stuff. And and it's because of you know Moria used to be like a proper dwarven kingdom. You end up, especially early on, when you're you know you don't have as so many resources, you you build your camps um, in old villages and old places that they already have like ruined hearths and forges and stuff so you can yeah. get stuff done quicker and you know there are you know upstairs rooms that still have beds and things that you end up chopping up to use for wood and <laughs> stuff like that it's quite atmospheric and nice and then it it does have some genuine sort of ooh moments where you'll come out into like a cavern that's you know partially flooded and it's got like a little farmhouse almost built in it and 
you know, then a bigger cavern that has, you know, you know it's a sort of secret elven enclave that used to exist in there that has different buildings and stuff. It's, it's really sweet. But it is, yeah, a little bit. So, you know, most survival games, it gives you, like, quick wins early on. Yeah. So you feel like you're making quite a lot of progress quite quickly. Um, and this doesn't really do that. So it's quite <laughs> quite slow-paced. The map is quite unhelpful um, just in, in terms of, like, this, the scaling of it and sort of knowing which way to go and stuff. And you, it's supposed to be, like, safer during the day. It's not really. Um, and... The, it's just little stuff like enemies don't really make noise when they like hit you and attack you but their feet are really loud because that's how you can tell if an enemy is nearby <laughs> like a wolf or a goblin or whatever and their feet just make a kind of very loud like no, and also they're not different for different enemies like all enemies just kind of go like pip 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 when they walk and that's how you know there's some bad guys there but then when they actually attack you it's quite it's kind of silent um so that it it's really like sweet and like really endearing the stuff like you can find you can press x to pay respects in this oh. game cuz you can f- <laughs> you can find like remains of dwarves and you can pay your respects and then you get like a little um token like a little statue t- statuette thing that you can place at a little remembrance shrine for and stuff like that. It's very, it's just very, like, good yeah, vibes. it's very sweet. Yeah, it's good vibes. And, like, when you start oh. mining, you can sing, and uh, there are big, like, brewing vats to repair and build and stuff. But it's just very s- slow going and very kind yeah. of, like, incremental gains compared to, like, some other stuff. Now, that might be because I started playing it by myself, and it's definitely harder by yourself. Have, have but, you found um, people to play with? So it's not there isn't online matchmaking. You you play with mates. So you hope you get get codes to give out. Uh, at, at least that is my understanding of it. I might have completely missed that you can just randomly join a game, but it's um it's much more curated sort of. Here okay. is my world. Here is my code for my world. If you want to play with me, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, rather okay. than jump in, jump out sort yeah. of stuff. But the, the character creation is great as well. It's completely like ungendered and you can every dwarf can have a beard or you can you can just sort of change the bust and the waist and the faces are um there's a selection of faces and they just have like an adjective attached to them, like craggy or noble <laughs> or you know Or like the seven dwarves. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so and so, like maybe some of them look more traditionally feminine, and some of them look more traditionally masculine. Some of them look older, and some of them look younger. And so it's very, uh, a very kind of nice dwarf centric, dwarf appropriate, I think, because <laughs> you know the dwarfs in most media, the the kind of semi joke about it is that like all you can, all dwarfs sort of are dwarfs, you know, you you can't yeah. tell. Um, so that was really nice. It's just a lot of very nice, sweet things about it, but I think it's uh, maybe a little bit, um, a little bit too hard, or well, not too hard, but just like a a, a bit, a little bit grindy early on. Okay, I've run yeah. out of iron ore, yeah. and I can't find any more fucking iron veins. <laughs> I've, I'm, I've got coal up to my ass, but I can't find any iron, which is difficult because my sword is uh, not looking great. 
I need to forge a new sword. Dwarf problems, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, it's a shame that you don't get those little wins. Although my an an issue I've had with uh, survival games like um, uh, V Rising is is the main one that comes to mind. It's the when you first start setting up a base, like it's almost guaranteed to just be a piece of shit. Like it's gonna, <laughs> like it's gonna be yeah, 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 yeah. like four four walls and no roof. But um, do, do, does being able to set up shop in these like old dwarven villages like help that process? Like, is it <coughs> is it quicker to get something vaguely resembling an actual house or yeah, you know, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I reckon up? so. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you can, as you get more confident, you can see because there are some areas that you go to that are just big open rooms, and you're like, right. So this, if you're playing with like eight people. And you can clear out this whole area, throw some walls and doors up there, you know, reinforce this bit, and then you could fill this place with like hearths and you know different forges and you know storage and stuff. Mm. But I quite like, you know, setting up shop. Oh, okay. I'll, I, well, this like little street. There are four buildings, and I can throw a wall up here and here. Put the door in here. Uh, there's a. a if I put the hearth in the middle, then I'll be able to immediately access all this wood stored and stuff. Because some, some of the time you'll come across like a little, you know, village bit. And it'll have loads of wood and stone and stuff and coal already there, which is useful. But, um, yeah, it's just a little bit. I think playing on your own especially is, is hard. Yeah. And it's very, it's, it's slow going sometimes to, to feel like you're making a lot of progress. But um, but it's very sweet, and it's. I think if you have a gang, if you already have a group of friends that you play stuff like this with, it'll be a lot of fun. But I don't. It's yeah. I think it's hard to like meet people through it. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you've. I mean, you're kind of selling it to me because I, I was a bit cold in it before, but then you're making it. The, the, the I I already find like most survival games are you know like cold and very like dry and stats heavy so it's, mm. it, it would be nice to have something that's a bit more warm-hearted and uh yeah that's a really chill, good way of putting it yeah chill chill vibes I, I already i already have one um dwarf game in my life uh, of course yeah. Galactic, so i i might be able to <laughs> i might i might be able to recruit some fellow some fellow dwarves from that into the mines if i decide to play there it you go there yeah. you go loving it James, is today a good day to wear hard? Well, unfortunately, Alice, it's actually been a bit of a bad week. Oh, a no. week to wear hard because um, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to talk about the same two games I talked about previously. Uh, the the two biggest game launches uh, those this week, that being City Skylines Two and Alan Wake Two, are both super duper brutal on PC hardware. Skylines 2 especially. Um, I tried that on an RTX 4070 Ti, which is uh, a graphics card that's only a few months old and costs nearly £800, and that yeah. cannot adequately run on high settings at 1440p. That's pretty bad. Is, yeah, so that's that's not good. What I did find interesting, though, is the different attitudes of the developers of these two games to really? the issue of performance. Yeah, because um, Colossal Order who make cities have said even before launch like we know this isn't good enough it didn't meet our like internal targets 
uh, and while we are still releasing it, we're going to work on it with patches. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like they know it, like they know it's not great, and they're like a bit contrite about it. Um, I'm I'm also paraphrasing, but that's like the gist of what they said. And on the opposite side of that is Remedy, whose communications director Thomas uh, Puha told IGN earlier this month. I think this discourse about resolutions and frame rates and everything is getting a bit out of hand, and that you should look at the image quality of the game, which is which are direct quotes and should maybe have been taken as a warning. Uh, yeah, I I get I get where they're coming from, but and I get that like you know you can't optimize for everyone's stuff, but like yeah. it should work. For yeah, like you say, stuff that is like a couple, like a months old, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to to be clear, like Anime Two is very, very pretty, but it does it does bring us back to this ongoing issue of whether having marginally better looking games, or like more realistic looking games, is worth essentially making it harder or impossible for people with older PCs. Yeah. Or or let's be honest, like lower incomes from being able to play yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've done a bit of testing, and the only way you're going to be able to run Alan Wake 2 if you have like an RTX 2060, which is the graphics card listed in the its own minimum requirements, is if you use some kind of upscaling in like super ultra performance mode, which in <laughs> turn makes everything really blurry, and then makes it hard. That's that's makes it harder to you know just just look at the image quality. Like the okay, but it's if the only way I can get it running in the first place is to completely knacker that image quality it's not really a good system mm, yeah yeah so yeah. i don't like i don't like getting all angry gamer about this at all because ultimately it is it, it, it's, it's not nothing but it you know there are more important things in the world but yeah. at the same time we had all these conversations with stuff when stuff like redfall came out and that ran like dog <laughs> And um, it, the, the, one of my favorite games. The situation, <laughs> just the situation, doesn't seem to be getting any better, which is uh, yeah, a bit worrying. Yeah, I think you, as developers, uh, you can acknowledge that people have concerns about it, and especially like you say, you know, it, it mm. maybe it's gatekeeping, you know, lower income PC gamers from enjoying games in you know the way that they could, and yeah, I don't like. You're never going to make a PC game that looks like real life, so it's fine. Like, <laughs> and and also like more realism. I've I've talked about this. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I talk about it quite a lot. That like realism is fine, but it's not like an especially artistic choice if you're not like doing anything with it, like. Alan Wake could probably yeah. have like some more effective sequences if they are like not real, you know, realistic, and they're they're a bit kind of you know weird and fucked up, and like <laughs> you know some of the games that people still really love and love the most are all you know, pursuit of realism is not necessarily a worthy goal anyway. I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's it's a it's a I guess it's a issue of like technical impressiveness versus artistic impressiveness. Was it? I I I'm really sorry. I can't remember if it was you or Alice B who posted that article about um this like oh, painter, yeah. painter guy 
So Alice O posted an article that was sort of an article about an article. Uh, there's a, a guy called Devin Rodriguez, and it was actually the premise of part of the premise of the article was that like he is probably the most famous artist in the world, but you don't know his name. Devin Rodriguez is the guy who does sketches of people on the New York subway on TikTok. And he had his first, you know, show recently. Um, and a guy wrote, I will link the article in the show notes, but a guy wrote a review of it where he was, it wasn't like, the review wasn't like horrible. He was just like, yeah, you know, he's obviously a technically talented artist, but we've had, uh, there's a long history of people, you know, doing art of people in public transport and is this really adding anything new and it was sort of talking about actually his status as a as a tiktok artist and how that might affect you know his work and how we look at his work and Devin rodriguez got big mad about it and like sicked his fans <laughs> and followers on this guy who were all like would you talk about your son this way and stuff and like went properly in because i guess he'd never been criticized before so the the reviewer wrote a follow up article about that experience and you know about how people consume Devin Rodriguez's art. But anyway, after that we had a discussion and I was like, yeah, I don't think realism like I I don't think this guy is a good artist in the sense that yeah, he's technically very good, but like is he saying anything? You yeah. know, with is his art like doing anything interesting, you know? Yeah. And the, the the other the other thing with like aiming for photorealism is, you're probably not ever ever going to achieve it. Yeah. And any like even even the small the smallest like bit where it where something is clearly not real, like it like the example given in the Devon Rodriguez article was like someone's hand was a bit too was a bit too big. Um, and then st once you like notice stuff like that, then the whole like the whole thing is kind of undermined yeah so like ask yourself you know remedy is being <laughs> able to render all the ferns in a forest really helping the the message of what you're trying to convey with alan wake you know <laughs> <coughs> yeah. it sounded like a dying kind of dowager ranting <laughs> about modern life <laughs> Stood outside in the mud. Exactly. Hammering on Sam Lake's door. <laughs> coughing up blood on his doorstep. <laughs> that just about does it, I think. For this season two, episode 36 of the Electronic Wireless Show, where we talked about some cool fan works and other things. And every week, we end the show with a recommendation of something that is not a video game. James, what are you recommending this week? I'm going to guess either some kind of condiment or a band. No, actually, I'm once again uh, suggesting people get pissed because I'm recommending... Ah, booze! Booze is the third, the third one, one I was one, guess. The third I think, like, maybe one in ten of my recommendations on this podcast is related to, yeah, alcoholic beverages. Uh, so I'm I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry if, if, I'm sorry if you're into this, uh, but yeah. So my recommendation this week is Four Roses Single Barrel Whiskey. Uh, I have been on the lookout for whiskey recently because I consumed all of my good scotch, and I have, oh. a, ha have a Halloween party coming up, and was uh, a bit keen also to try a new bourbon. And so on the recommendation of the YouTube channel How to Drink, which is a 
Drinks Mixology channel I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed for some time. Uh, I guess you could also count that as a recommendation. Uh, I got this bottle of Four Roses Single Barrel, and it's very nice. It has a lovely, like, caramel smell, and oh. yeah, or like a bit of caramel taste, and is a bit of fruit, and is like spiced but not spicy. Like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't burn you like like cheap whiskey does. Okay. Um, okay. It's also like it's not. It's also not like a crazy expense. It's 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 like I call it lower lower mid range whiskey, perhaps, which might sound a bit crap, but then you know you can spend a lot of money on whiskey. So something that's maybe like forty five fifty quid. Um, I don't I don't feel I don't feel like I've like I've overspent on this on that's this fair. bourbon. I think it's pretty good. I am not a, a spirits drinker, so when you were like, oh, it smells a bit caramelly, I was like, I bet it doesn't, I bet it just smells of booze. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend a novel called We All Want Impossible Things, which is um, by Catherine Newman. It's quite short, it's about 200 pages, um, oh. and uh, it is. Uh, I'm going to describe it, and it's going to sound upsetting, but it's not. Um, it is a story about a two middle-aged women who've been best friends for 40 years and one of them has terminal cancer and it's it's the story of the other one looking after her in hospice until she dies but it's very life-affirming and funny and uh, very sweet and lovely and not kind of sad at all it's a bit sad but it's it's great um so that is we all want impossible things by Catherine Newman um, and yeah, nice short read as well. If you're fine, if you if you're in a bit of a book slump, it's a good one to get out of it. I think. Um, oh, Kickstarter. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. But that Great. just that just about does it for this episode of the Electronic Wireless Show. We may or may not have one next week because I'm on holiday next week, and Nate uh, might not be able to record next week. We will see. But it will be a James and Nate <laughs> special next week. Um, if, yeah, if I don't think it would just be me shouting into the void. That'd be good, though. Remi- you should just see if you <laughs> have a conversation with yourself for an hour. Yeah, I'd listen to that. Um, but uh, we will definitely be about the week after next, anyway. And uh, we'll probably talk about Halloweeny things, I imagine, at some point. Uh, but thank you very much for listening to season two, episode thirty-six of the Electronic Wireless Show. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on. Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Blue Sky, and TikTok. Just all the social medias. Just look for Rock Paper Shotgun. We'll be on most of them, I imagine. You can email the podcast with questions, suggestions, and feedback. Send in some of your favorite fan works uh, that you've spotted around the internet at podcast.rockpapershotgun.com. And you can also discuss all your sorts of favorite video gamey things at the Discord. The link is in the show notes. But for all of your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. And it's goodbye from James Archer. Goodbye.